Welcome to The Messy Middle. I'm your host, Sarah Schatz. I am an artist, a writer, a mother, an academic, and a creative coach. This is an imperfect podcast about the creative process. Hey guys, so I am back with another episode of the Messy Metal Podcast. I am challenging myself to not talk about the breaks between podcast episodes. That's kind of part of it. That's part of the structure. Part of the rebrand is that they come when they come. They may not come with any consistency. Um, And I'm not going to let that stop me from podcasting. Um, That actually ties in really nicely with the topic for today's episode, which is National Novel Writing Month, which is all about writing messy first drafts of novels. Um, And I did want to acknowledge, like, I think it's really funny that the last episode I recorded was about intentional inconsistency. And this episode, like, sitting down and I'm talking to you about writing every single day, which I've actually been able to do this month. Um, But the intentional inconsistency is actually a really important part of this, is that I could not have done this if I, like the things that were happening in my life in October, I could not have written every day. But it just so happens that November has opened up for me in a way that I've been able to do this. And I feel like it has been so magical and healing to be able to show up for myself in this way every day and to be able to keep working on a big project. And this is what people are talking about when they when they kind of big up consistency, like there is a magic in it. But also I want to acknowledge that it's not always accessible, um, depending on what stage of your life you're in, what challenges you have, what health conditions, what mental health conditions, like there may be times in your life or it may be that consistency is just not for you. And so I want to talk about NaNoWriMo and why I love it and what I think is great about it with the caveat of it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone every year. Um, and that's okay. Or you can like kind of glide on the energy of NaNoWriMo and they call it a Nano Rebel. like if you set your own rules and stuff. Um, my approach for this, because I hoped I would be able to write every day, I want to, I have so far. Um, but you know, when you have a toddler, you never know like when they're going to come down sick or what's going to happen in your life you know, when, when he gets sick, I get sick. And then when I get sick, like, I can't think straight. (laughs) Um, so I wanted to give myself like, that it's not a pass or fail. It's not a value judgment if I finish NaNoWriMo, but that I really wanted to try. Um, and I'll talk about why that was really important for me in a minute. But I thought pretty close to the beginning here, I should explain what National Novel Writing Month is uh, for anybody who doesn't know. So NaNoWriMo stands for National Novel Writing Month, and it was invented in the early 2000s by Chris Beatty. I think he was like a college student at the time. I was in high school, and I remember I participated the first year there was ever a forum. Do you remember forums? NaNoWriMo is one of the very few websites that still has a forum instead of having moved completely to social media or Discord or something like that. Like there are threads, you can join the discussions. So you're like writing and then you have this big sense of community of people who are also writing a novel 
the month of November and they're they're also like going through this together. Um, so that's kind of the magic of NaNoWriMo. The specific challenge is to write 1,667 words a day, which adds up to 50,000 words in the month of November. Now, most novels are longer than that. 50,000 words is a bit of a novella. And that's thrown me a couple times because I'm writing, I like to read really long books. And so I'll be writing along and suddenly like it's almost the end of the month and kind of end up like rushing, <laughs> rushing and ending in there. Um, this month, I've tried to be really conscious of that, that the book I'm writing is probably like way longer than 50,000 words. That's just the goal for this month. Um, so that's NaNoWriMo and it has grown in size like it is way bigger than it used to be and uh yeah <laughs> I love it I uh, actually applied to like between my theater internship and uh going to grad school I applied to work for the office and letter of letters and light uh which is the nonprofit that runs NaNoWriMo and I'm sure because I have like a theater degree and not an English degree, I wasn't chosen, but I got a very nice rejection, a nice polite rejection letter back from that. Um, and I've continued to love it. So basically I did that first NaNoWriMo in high school and it's been like a really core part of my identity. Uh, I always thought I would write fiction novels. Um, and like even moving into college, when I chose my degrees, they were with that idea in mind. Uh, you may not think so because I didn't choose. I, I decided instead of going like the traditional route and choosing English, that I would pick things that I thought were exciting and that would like expand my life experience, which I could bring to my writing. So I studied art and theater. And then I kind of got so passionate about those theater in particular swelled up and there were a few years in college there uh, toward my junior and senior year of college that I was like so absorbed in the theater I didn't novel. But almost every year from like high school through grad school, almost every year I would write a novel or a script. Their National Novel Writing Month, I don't know if they still do this actually um, because I haven't been following it really closely uh, for the last decade. Uh, but they used to also host Script Frenzy in April, where you wrote a script in a month. So I wrote novels and scripts, just first drafts, um, almost every year. It was a tradition for me. And then in college, I got a little bit busy and like there were certain years that it didn't happen. But in grad school, actually, when I lived in London, I, I even wrote 50,000 words that year. Um, because I was doing so much commuting on the tube that I would sit and write, like I wrote almost the whole word count on my phone, on like the Apple Notes app. <laughs> and I did a few write-ins, which were really cool. Um, I never lived in a place that really had write-in events uh, before that. Um, so that was really fun. I really had a good experience that year. And the next year that I sat down and tried to write a novel, I was really surprised that I felt totally paralyzed and I'm not sure what happened. Like I graduated, I graduated with my master's degree. So I was like trying to find a career. I was trying to find how am I going to make money and live and like contribute to my family? Um, I got married. And so I don't know if it was like a, I'm an adult, I have a degree or 
I'm like a wife and I want to contribute to the family. Like, I'm not sure exactly what was going on in my mind, but I suddenly felt like I was writing for a publisher instead of writing for myself. And that if I couldn't write good enough to be published, that I shouldn't write at all. And of course, first drafts are never good. (laughs) So I completely froze up and I couldn't write anymore. I couldn't write fiction. And I tried to go back to it several times over the first few years of marriage. And it just felt like it was a complete waste of time, which in retrospect is so frustrating because I had all the time in the world. I, I was looking, but then again, you know, I was looking for a job. I was, I had this degree and I was trying to figure out how I was going to use it. And that was kind of the time where I was trying lots of different, um, careers out, trying on different hats, like wedding photographer, teacher, all these different things. Um, And when writer felt like it was going to be, you know, a dead end, like I felt like I could see so much wrong with my writing and I didn't know how to fix it. Um, So I basically gave up. (laughs) And the time between then and now, I have eased back into writing through nonfiction. So like I stopped writing fiction, I felt really like angsty about it. But I kept journaling, I kept, uh, I started a blog. And then as you know, uh, when David was born, I drafted um, a nonfiction book. And then the first six months of this year, I edited part of that to be its own book. Um, and right now, I well, not right now, because right now is NaNoWriMo, but last month, the, the last few months, I've been working on turning that into its own book. So in 2022, uh, Discovering Your Creative Ecosystem will come out in book form, which I'm really excited about. And then following that, I have some big structural changes. I want to work with an editor on my Maker Mother book. Um, and I've given myself the permission to self-publish those. So coming up to November this year, I felt like I was in a very different place. And so when I had the idea, uh, for a novel, for a fiction novel, I, for the first time in a long time, felt like I could do it and I wanted to do it. Um, and that, maybe for me, the goal right now isn't even to apply to publishers. Like if I get to the point where I have a manuscript that I've edited, and I'm ready to share, I can go like, why would I um, think that it's okay to self publish nonfiction, but still have this weird, like power dynamic thing where my fiction only counts if it's published through a publisher. Um, So that's kind of like a almost 10 years of reworking perfectionist narratives and reframing my ideas around the self-publishing industry. The self-publishing industry has changed a lot. Um, We haven't been married quite 10 years. I think this year is our eighth anniversary, but pretty close to a decade. And I'm 90% sure I didn't write my novel the year we were, I didn't write NaNoWriMo the year we were engaged either. Um, the last one I completed was the one I did in grad school, um, to my memory. <laughs> the NaNoWriMo, it's actually really annoying here, a little autistic sidebar here to make sure I, you get all your, de- I get all my details. 
um, that NaNoWriMo changed their website, uh, which I find super annoying because it used to keep track of like, here are the years you participated and here are the years that you won. But when they changed their new fancy website, it deleted all of our old data. And I hadn't kept track of that because it felt safe on the NaNoWriMo website. And so now I'm not exactly sure which years I participated and didn't. But many, many years of my high school young adult life and no years after uh, I was married. So almost a decade of like reworking my perfectionism, realizing that mess is part of the creative process, that first drafts are incomplete and you go back and you make them better and you make changes. And I've seen that with my nonfiction work. Um, you know, it was, I was really sleep deprived, um, young postpartum mom when I wrote the first draft. And yet when I started editing it, I was like, yeah, there's some really good stuff here. I can make this work. Um, so that's where I'm at. I'm really excited to be pursuing writing and just doing it for fun and realizing that, you know, the editing, the making it good part comes later. And so I wanted to talk about that. I've kind of seen a little bit of hate for NaNoWriMo this year. I don't know if this is uh, common, if this is a new thing. Like I said in the beginning, it's not for everyone. And certainly if it's just going to stress you out um, or make you feel like a failure if you don't reach the 50,000 or make you burn yourself out to reach the 50,000, I would not recommend it. But for me, what NaNoWriMo is, is it's all about embracing imperfection. It's all about just writing that first draft and letting it be messy and not listening to my inner editor. And that's where I went wrong when I was, when I was a newlywed is I, I listened to that inner editor who was like, this isn't any good. Like this isn't worth publishing. Just stop. And NaNoWriMo is all about telling that voice no, this is going to be a mess. This is a first draft and not going back and editing as you write. And it it has been really a formative part of my writing practice, both for my nonfiction and my fiction. And it feels really good to be a place where I can uh, tell stories this way again. So I'll give you just like a tiny, 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 tiny bite of what I'm writing if you're curious. Uh, I'm writing a fiction novel and the main idea, like the main seed for the story is that it is a young mother who is the hero of a fantasy novel. That should not be groundbreaking, by the way. And I'm not saying there aren't some other stories that have that, uh, but there should be more. There should be, you know, think of as many stories as there are of young men coming of age in fiction. You know, it's getting better. There are more stories about women, but they do tend to be like young ingenues. And I, I feel like when I became a mom, I hadn't read very many stories that centered the motherhood experience, the matrescence of becoming a mother. So this is like a coming of age story into motherhood. Like instead of coming of age into teenage adulthood, it's coming of age into motherhood. And you know, there's magic and yeah, I have a lot to work out. So my particular approach this year is a little different than what I've done before. 
Um, I'm a discovery writer. And so every other NaNoWriMo I've ever done, I have like a kernel of an idea and I sit down and I just write. And as I mentioned before, sometimes I get to the end and I'm like, I have no idea like where this is going. Like I've got to wrap it up really quick. And then it falls apart. This year, I spent the first half of October journaling about my idea and I started to develop different characters and the magic and the world and the politics. I started watching videos about sociology um, that kind of helped me start to build the world. Like I don't want it. It doesn't have to be such a unique world because I actually want to make a very traditional story and just plop this particular character into it. But of course, there will be things that are different and unique, but it's not going to be like uh, Mistborn or like it's it's not going to be a crazy um, it's going to be a very classical fantasy setting, but I needed to know how it worked and the structure of the politics and the, all of these different things. And so I started working on that mostly through journaling in October. Um, and then about mid-October, um, we all, well, I got sick and I didn't, I had a brain fog and I couldn't even write in my journal. So... When it came to November 1st, I was a little bit disappointed. I was like, oh no, I thought this year I was going to have a plan. I was going to have a plot. I was going to know where I was going. And I've been reading like some old school fantasy novels or some middle grade fantasy novels just to see the structure of it and how the pieces fit together. Um, and on the first day of November, I was a little bit disappointed because I was still like a tiny bit sick. I was, it's taken a while to get over this cold. Um, and now I still have like really bad ragweed allergies. They're bothering me a lot right now. <coughs> Sorry for that. Um, so I sat down on November the 1st and I was like, oh, I do not have a plan. Like I feel, I feel unprepared. I don't know if I can do this. Um, but it's November and I'm going to try. And I sat out here in my studio and I just started with like a classic phrase, once upon a time sidebar I don't see like so this will probably never be in my novel like I think 90 to 100% of what I write this month will not end up in the final draft and giving myself the permission for that just to be able to write things to explore the world and the story and come back later and decide on the structure is just part of this part of my personal NaNoWriMo approach so I thought, why not? Like this, this is a way to like make the little blank, uh, blinking cursor go away and I'll have words and let's, let's kind of start by telling the story of the world and like the history of magic. And so I just started with the words once upon a time and it just flowed out. All of these ideas that I didn't have formed at all in my mind, um, the the things that I wanted to figure out before I started writing, the things I wanted to journal about, like how magic worked and how the villain came to be and all of this stuff, I just intuitively wrote it and it was magic. It was like maybe half of my word count for the day. And then I moved into some like dialogue and like a different scene that felt really stilted and awkward and horrible. So this is kind of like the two sides of Nano is like sometimes your intuition comes through and it's magic and like that's like the moment that you hope for. Um, but still, like you keep trudging through the awkwardness because you can fix it in the in the 
subsequent drafts. If you wait for everything to be flowy and magical, you will never finish. Um, but I was really blessed this year to start with that like golden magic moment. And then I felt really grounded in the world. I knew what was happening and I had to move into writing some of the more difficult, uh, some of the things I find more difficult that I'm sure when I come back to it later, you know, I can edit and I can make it better. And I've really had to trust as I move through the separate days, I haven't had the golden magic of that very first writing session. And at times it's been really frustrating. Like, oh my goodness, this is so hard. Um, I'm not sure if this is any good, but I, I just have to keep going and trust that, you know, you can fix it in the edit. And also like if I make a change, um, during like if my if I'm writing and I suddenly want to change character's name I just change it and keep going like don't go back and fix that you can go back and fix it later like this character may not even exist by the second draft um this is kind of my approach and writing in this way where I just completely keep moving forward and I don't look back I don't edit I can finish my word count in and about an hour sometimes a little less than an hour uh, within an hour every day, which feels totally possible. You know, even though I talked last time about not being able to be consistent, um, and certainly there are times like if I'm feeling really sick, I feel like I don't have the, like the, I have too much brain fog. I don't have the mental capacity, but, um, right now I, I have. Um, and it's been really nice to sit down and write something every day. And then at the end of the month, I'll have 50,000 words uh, that I can look through and think about my story and decide like where to go from there. So that's, that's my experience with NaNoWriMo. I would say like, if you're feeling very perfectionist about it, you know, maybe just try a different approach. Maybe it's not NaNo's fault. <laughs> and also like, if you can't reach those, um, 2000, well, it's not even 2000, the one house, 1,667 words a day. If you can't do that, if you're a slower writer than me, that's fine. And you can change your goal. Like actually NaNoWriMo officially on the website. Now you can say what your goal is going to be. Um, and you can decide to write something that's not fiction. You can work on a nonfiction project during NaNo. So that's really cool that they've opened up the possibility to do that. I like the 50,000 because to me an hour a day is doable. And um, that's my personal writing speed. Um, when I don't get caught up in editing and stuff, which to me is the point, the point of NaNoWriMo. So it's been really nice. Um, when David goes to his Montessori school, I've been coming out here and writing for an hour in the morning. And um, the first week, I kind of like spent the rest of the morning kind of writing about writing, um, like making Instagram posts and blog posts. And I recorded a podcast last week for my Patreon, um, just talking about, you know, the last few months creatively where I'm at, what I'm working on. Um, and it's been really nice. Um, and then of course on the weekend, Nathan watches him while I have my chance to write a couple of days I've squeaked it in on a nap time. Um, but it's really nice when I have space and I know like I don't have to rush and, um, yeah, I can focus on 
on my storytelling and knowing that (coughs) sorry knowing that I back myself and I give myself like the blessing that you know when and if this story or another story gets to the point that I want to share it that I'm ready to explore this self-publishing journey with my fiction as well as with my non-fiction. So that's where I'm at. Um, halfway through the month, like I said, some of these days have been really, really hard. Yesterday in particular, um, Davey had had his flu shot and so he stayed, he was a little bit, you know, poorly and grumpy. And so it was a little bit of an overwhelming day. And I ended up trying to write like in the house instead of the studio. And it was just like, I could barely get my words out in, in the hour and they were all stilted. Um, I definitely have those times. It's not like a magical fun experience for the whole month. Um, but I think what NaNoWriMo can really teach you is like to show up for yourself and back yourself and let yourself be messy. Let yourself make a mess, make a rough, rough draft. And then if you come to the end of it and that's a story that you want to polish up and share with people, you have something to work with where when it's in your head, you know, you can get very stuck, um, you know, forever. (laughs) You can get very, very stuck on it. So I'd love to know if you've ever done NaNoWriMo, if you're doing it this year, I will pop my NaNoWriMo profile down in the show notes if I can remember how to do that. And you can follow me over there. If you want to hear more about uh, this project, my other writing projects, my other creative projects, I record a podcast where I'm talking specifically about that. Uh, Like whatever my maker experience for the month is, my artist maker uh, projects over on Patreon. And I also when it's a visual medium, I'll do like time-lapse videos and stuff like that. Um, so if you want to support the podcast, you can do it that way. Also, for the very first time, I have a holiday gift shop. So I have some of my pottery and some different art pieces up for sale. I also have several Hobbit, um, gift items. So I did a collage of a hobbit hole a few years ago and this year I put it on a wooden puzzle, a ornament, a mug, all kinds of different things. I just had a lot of fun trying to figure out um, different ways that I could do that. I also have a postcard. So like the pricing ranges from like four dollars for the postcard up to a hundred something for my weaving. Weavings are very time consuming. And so all of that, like there's kind of something for every budget over there. If you want to check that out, I'll pull the link to that as, as well. Um, because of delivery this year, um, I would recommend if you want to order a gift for Christmas or for another holiday that you do that sooner than later, just because I've seen things are taking longer than they usually do to be delivered. The postal and delivery systems are just a little bit overtaxed. So... Um, that's that. I'm sure you already follow me on Instagram. If you don't, my name is at Sarah with an H D shots with two T's. Uh, or you can find me on my website, sarahshots.com. I hope you have a lovely November, whether you're noveling or however you choose to spend it. And I'll see you when I see you. 